0: on this episode of narcissist apocalypse we talk with a survivor named gal and gal was in a toxic relationship with a victim playing narcissist it's a story of crazy exes infidelity accepting the love you think you deserve and finding yourself again in the aftermath of abuse It's that simple, everyone. And now, before we get to our episode with Gal, I just first want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you have not been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com, please do go there if you want to be a guest on our show. At the top of the page, there's a button there that says, be a guest on our show. You click that button, it takes you to guest form. You fill out that guest form, it comes to me. We go back and forth, and eventually we'll do a recording. Not every episode makes it to air, just so everyone knows. Also... I'm speaking really fast right now. Also, if you want to be on our show, you can also go to NarcissistApocalypse.com and be part of our show on our letters to my narcissist compilation episode. We are compiling those letters. And if you go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, side of the page or the floating button that says send voicemail, it records up to five minutes. If you need more than five minutes, after you're done that first five minutes, click it again. You need it a third time, click it a third time. If you do not want to read your letter yourself, and you want myself or my old pal Melissa to read your letter for you, send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com, and in the subject line, put letters to my narcissist. Man, I'm like Speedy Gonzalez here today. Other things on our site. We're now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have now partnered with Online Parenting, and many of the courses we're offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you've listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with these individuals in court, and he's now helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children, too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show, and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. And guess what, everyone? You can support the show in a new way. And oh, I, know, I know what you're thinking. What's that new way? Well, we are now associated with a co-parenting app called Our Family Wizard. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar already with this who are in co-parenting situations. But people who are not, Our Family Wizard... It does scheduling, expenses, communications are contained within this one app. So you can solve shared custody challenges faster and without confusion. That means less conflict and more energy to focus on your children. There are powerful tools to document your parenting time, reimbursement requests, payments, exchanges, and more. You know, and now in the description of the show, we will leave a link for you. If you want to support the show, click on that link. If you need a parenting app, helps out our show, helps out you at the same time. And another way to support the show and that can help you too is our Patreon because besides having episodes uh, that have never made it to air on our Patreon and, and little little side episodes that I do with my old pal Melissa and, and recurring guests, not recurring guests, but bring old guests back. We also have support groups on there. Every Saturday night, we now do support groups. Uh, every other Wednesday, we have a support group. So we have a lot of support groups on there. We have a great group of people. Hello to all of you support group people out there. You know who you are. We're a family now, and we have a great time on Saturday nights. Uh, so if you want to help support the show, become a patron of our Patreon at www.patreon.com narcissistapocalypse. That will also be in the description of our show. And I guess one last thing here, everyone, before we start the show. This is a long one, which is why I'm trying to be as speedy as possible right now. Uh, Each segment of this episode has its own focus, and you'll hear more about the devaluation in the later stages of this episode, even though it happened throughout, just kind of how the episode unfolded. Uh, A little bit of a trigger warning on language. It it does get aggressive in certain spots. I did my best to quiet these areas down. I'm not sure if I got all of them, but I did my best. And that's it, everyone. Here is uh, this episode. I'm going to get out of my way and your way. Here is my conversation with Gal. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Gal. How are you, Gal?
1: I am awesome, Chad. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I'm just really excited that I can hopefully educate some people, give them hope, and let them know they're not alone and that they're not crazy and they are valuable.
0: Well, I can't wait to uh, hear your story. It's unfortunate that you are here with me today, but I know that your story is going to help a lot of people, and I'm just going to stop rambling. and going to get out of my way and your way. Gal, the floor is now yours.
1: Awesome. So my story is very long. This could probably be a two- or three-part series, so I'll try to get as many points across as I can. Yeah, so little little back history real quick, just so people can see um, who I am and where I was. Uh, so uh, I was married. Um, my ex-husband is still one of my very best friends. Um, he's not my abuser. Um, he's a wonderful man, and until the day I die, I'll never have anything negative to say about him. Um, we have a beautiful son together who is our world. He's always been our number one priority and we still even do birthdays and holidays and everything together. We're just amazing friends, good co-parents. And we never had arguments in our marriage. There was never any infidelity. There was never, um, anything that people normally divorce for. It just, it was very, um, We were more like, I would say, roommates, and there was no intimacy, and I don't mean physically, just any kind of romantic connection. It was just kind of dead. So our divorce was very amicable. It was still hard, but it was very peaceful. Um, We actually didn't even go to court. We wrote up our own separation agreement together at the kitchen table and went to the bank and had it notarized and then filed it with the court and sat outside the courthouse hugging and crying and kind of like high fives. Like we got this, our son's going to be okay. So if anything, I feel like that goes to show the kind of people we are, the kind of parents we are, and we're just not confrontational. (laughs) We're drama free people. So um, I had gone through my separation and pending divorce and 2014. And um, I was really happy. I was really successful in my career in real estate. Um, I had my own place for the first time in over 10 years, and I was really finding myself again. I was um, I had 50-50 custody with my son's dad. So he's with him a week. He's with me a week. So it gave me a lot of time to actually be able to give myself self-love, self-care, focus on work, or be lazy, whatever I wanted to do, which, you know, was a blessing. And so I was able to start getting into things and hobbies I haven't been able to do because I was a mom, I was a wife, you know, and um, started taking pole fitness, which I love, and um, it's an awesome sisterhood. It really helped build my confidence again, which, you know, I'd lost because here I am 31 years old, divorced, a uh, single mom, and nobody warns you or prepares you for the way your body's going to change um, after you have a baby. So I just had a lot of insecurities from my divorce and the way I felt. So, you know, it was just, a really amazing time kind of getting back to finding myself and, um, making a lot of money at work. Um, and I was able to pay for things by myself, just very independent, um, spoil my son. And it was great, but I worked a lot and, um, From pole dance and sitting at a computer and walking lots and everything, I started having back issues, um, which I had had previously um, before I got pregnant with my son. And I had gone to a chiropractor where we lived who was incredible, and I was terrified of chiropractic, but he really set me at ease and – just changed my life really and how I took care of myself. So I was really hoping to get established with a a chiropractor here. I knew because I held the bar so high for my first chiropractor that I would never find another one like him. But um, nonetheless, I went to one of the most uh, well-known and, prestigious, I guess, in the in chiropractors here. And um, <clears throat> didn't really care for, um, I'll refer to my ex as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because that's exactly who he is. Um, he was very arrogant. um there was zero attraction at all. And that dating or wanting to meet somebody was the furthest thing from my mind. I just was in pain and trying to take care of myself. And he was very cocky and just boisterous. And he made the stupidest, cheesiest jokes and laughs at himself. And he would cut down on himself. It, it was just weird, but, I'm like, this guy's kind of a tool, but whatever. Um, he did my x-rays and took me into this private room up front at his office to go over my x-rays. And <clears throat> he walked in and he was like, um, how are you doing? Where you been? Because I had gone once before when we first moved back to North Carolina a year previous. And I didn't like how he adjusted. So I didn't go back, but. Since I'd already been, I decided to give it a shot. So it had been over a year since I had been there, but anyway. So we're in the room going over my X-rays, and he walks in, and he was just like, "You know, how you been? Where are you going? Making jokes?" And he was giving me a hard time for not being there. And he he asked me, he was like, "You know, do we piss you off? Is that why you're not here?" And I thought that was really unprofessional and kind of odd to ask, but. Because I had observed his behavior in the office with other patients. I was like, this guy's just a goon, you know? So I was like, you know, no, I just, you didn't piss me off. I just, I've been really busy with work and, um, your office is not convenient to where I work and I've been going through a separation, getting divorced. It's just been a crazy year. And immediately his, tone and whole demeanor changed and he was very interested and almost empathetic and just leaned in he was like I'm so sorry to hear that that's that's hard he was like I'm actually going through a divorce myself and I was like oh I'm sorry you know and um he he. then was like, you know, maybe we should grab a beer sometime and talk about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. You're like, no interest. And I'm in a doctor's office, so it was just kind of weird, you know? Like, so I got adjusted, no big deal, went to work. And then the following weekend, I flew to Florida to surprise my best friend from college um, and, like, organized that with her Boyfriend at the time, now a husband. So it was a big surprise. I was so excited and mostly excited that I got time off and had the ability to do that and like spoiled her the whole weekend. So I was really excited. <laughs> and um the first night we were there, we were sitting on her porch and I hear this weird like Bling! on my phone and I was like, what's that? And she's like, that was your phone. I was like, I've never heard that before. She's like, that's Facebook Messenger. And I was like, what is Facebook Messenger? Because <laughs> I'd never used it and um, wasn't really on social media much. And she was laughing at me. She's like three years younger than me. Not that that's a lot, but she, was, she knew more about the techie stuff and all that. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. And so she laughed at me. She's like, give me your phone. And so she opened my Facebook and showed me where to open Messenger. And she was like, who is Dr. Jekyll? And and I'm like, I have no idea. Because I didn't know. I didn't think about the dude. like, I've never, you know, it was just, I had no clue. And I was like, she started reading the message to me. And I was like, oh, my God that's my chiropractor. And she was like, woo doctor. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, what does it say? So she read it to me? And she said, uh, he's asking you out. And I was like, what? And I was shocked. I was like, man, that's ballsy, you know? And I just, I mean, literally we're sitting there talking about my pending divorce and, she was my maid of honor at my wedding. Like she knows my ex husband very well and she loves him and she's you know, being supportive, good friend, whatever. But she was like, encouraging me to get back out there. She's like, you're young, you're beautiful. You've got a great career. You know, your son's amazing. Your ex is amazing. Like you've got so much to go going for you. Like, why not let somebody take you out? And I was like, I just, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not attracted to him. Like, there's, there's just some weirdness, I was like, but it's like, you know, it would be nice to be taken out, whatever, not that I was looking for anything. And she just kept encouraging me, and I just kind of let it go for the rest of the time I was there. And we had a great time. And then the last night that I was there, he sent me another message. And... I was like, oh, my God, what do I say to him, <laughs> you know, and he's very persistent, and she's like, girl, just do it, let him take you out, regardless if you are attracted or not, it's dinner and drinks, like, and I was like, okay, whatever, she's like, let him take you out, and I was like, okay, fine, so I messaged him back, and I said, you know, I'm in Florida visiting my best friend, I'll be back next week. Maybe the following week we could get together. And he immediately replied like he was sitting there waiting, just staring at the phone. And um, the whole time I was traveling back home and the whole week at work, like, we were corresponding a lot. And it ended up being some pretty hilarious conversations. And, you know, he'd send funny gifts and like, get these, whatever they are, pictures. And we were just bantering back and forth. I'm like, okay, this guy is funny. And, you know, it made me laugh. And so throughout the week, like, I started getting a little excited because I was learning more about him and he made me laugh. So the night that we were supposed to get together, I was like, had that nervous, sick feeling, like, when you do when you're a little girl with a crush kind of you know <laughs> and uh so we met at uh, a local restaurant here that's um and I remember like exactly what he wore I remember watching him come down the steps to meet me outside on at the outside outdoor bar by the water and I remember just like making eye contact with him. He's got really beautiful blue eyes and seeing him outside of his office in like regular clothes and in his element, I guess, it, it was automatically like, okay, he is attractive. So I was really excited and we had a great dinner, um, great conversation, um, we laughed our butts off and we're just, you know, kind of sharing stories about our marriage and what had happened. And he was like, you know, my wife is having an affair. He said, and actually, she's having an affair with somebody you work with. And that maybe should have been the first red flag. <laughs>
0: So no, so, 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 let's just talk about this for one second before we even get to that red flag. You know, we're going to point out here that you had your guard up before. You knew yeah. there's something within you that knew this whole thing isn't right. Uh, and then yeah. you had a little bit of influence from uh, your friend and saying, like, just give it a try. Just give it a try. Letting your guard down a little bit. And mm-hmm. which kind of let the conversation uh, kind of begin. You had the commonality of uh, divorce and yep. and being able to talk about that. And then the humor comes in and all of a sudden when you see him again outside of the office, it's like that first red flag uh, never existed anymore. And you're seeing him in a completely uh, different way. And yeah.
1: So, yeah, he he tells me, you know, she's been having an affair with somebody you work with. And I was like, whoa, somebody, I was like, okay. And he said, we live in one of your builders communities because I worked for a builder selling houses. I was like, where do you live? And he told me the neighborhood and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it automatically dawned on on me like i i already knew who this woman was because the pigs that i worked with the guys and my superintendent who was over seeing the construction in my communities um was just a disgusting individual and he'd always talk to the warranty guys who were all like 22 23 years old fresh out of college just didn't know their butt from a hole in the ground, but they're trying to be tough guy, like, you know, show off. But he was talking about this homeowner he was sleeping with. And I didn't know her name because uh, he never referred to her by her name. He called her the... And it was like a ongoing joke between all the dudes in our company. Like, everybody knew about it. And... It made me sick. I mean, I knew I worked with a good old boy, you know, old money group of people, but just like that's a liability in itself. You know, you you can't sleep with your homeowners that are married, but it was a common joke between all the construction guys. And they would always come have lunch in our model homes before they'd go to their next job or whatever. And I would hear them talking about it. And I was just like, y'all are disgusting. Like, oh, my God. You know, these these were not people that I would have ever associated with or befriended or wanted to be around. But because I worked with them, I was in their environment, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So, So just to clarify, you know, this was a subdivision. Uh, -hmm. and the, your, your, uh, ex, uh, his wife, or, or they lived in this subdivision and she was having an affair with the, uh, I guess the man who, uh, built the subdivision or something along those lines.
1: Yeah, he was for, um, three different. Neighborhoods, and two of which were my territory that I sold in. So I was familiar with the community, knew very well the guy who she was sleeping with, and
0: so she was so she so she was legitimately having an affair, or were they divorced already?
1: No, she was legitimately having having an affair, and I didn't even know. I mean. She had been having an affair for months, and at that point, like, my husband and I had already been separated for, like, six or seven months, and I I hadn't even – like, Dr. Jekyll was not even in my life, you know? So he's telling me all these things that are happening. He's got two kids, a son and a daughter. His son's, like, three weeks younger than my son and my heart just broke. Like he was giving me all the details of how he found out and his partner that works with him, like found her on a dating website. And it was just, oh my gosh. And he made her out to sound like this monster. Like she's crazy. She had kicked him out and they had been separated so many times before. And every time they separated, she would sleep with another guy. And she had just destroyed his world. She wouldn't let him be with his kids and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, so I really felt a lot of compassion for him. And it it was ended up that like the restaurant was closing <laughs> and we were like, crap, like, where'd the night go? We better close out. And He was like, I've had so much fun. I I really don't want the night to end. I'd love to talk to you more. And I was like, I know, me too. Like, I won't be able to hang out later this week because I was getting my son. And, you know, that is like my number one priority still to this day. When I have my son, I'm with my son. And he was like, do you want to come to my place? He was like, I have some wine. We can sit on the balcony. And I was like, okay. So I was like, yeah, cool, let's go there. We're sitting on the balcony talking, and, you know, we started talking about just life in general, you know, getting to know each other, and the moon was gorgeous. And I was like, have you ever sat in a lifeguard stand? <laughs> and he was like, no. I was like, What? Cause I'm very like spontaneous and carefree and fun. I'm not, I'm organized. I'm very organized. I'm a little OCD, but I'm not like a routine scheduled person unless I need to be for my business. So I'm like, I'm not the plan maker and I don't stick to a schedule. (laughs) You know, I kind of roll to the beat of my own drum. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He's like, you know, I wasn't allowed to drink. I, I, I don't have any friends. It's always been me and his ex, and she was very controlling, and we never did anything. We just went on a trip with some friends of ours earlier in the year, and I had no idea she was already having an affair at that time and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, come on. We're going to go get in the lifeguard stand. And he was like, okay. I'm like, this guy, like – He has made it out to sound like he's had no life, no experience, no fun. He's been busting his butt working, providing this amazing life of luxury for her, and she's so ungrateful and she's crazy, and he works long hours and then has to come home and feed his kids and then bathe them and put them to bed because she hasn't done anything, and the house is a wreck, and she doesn't even do laundry, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, God, this woman's a train wreck, and poor guy, he needs to have fun. So I'm like, we're going out to the lifeguard stand, so we do, and we're sitting up there, and there's other people walking around on the beach at night. It was really for... Winter, it was a very mild night, and um, we're talking more, hanging out, and he leans in and kisses me. And it was amazing. I had not been kissed or had any intimate connection with anybody in so long. And looking back at it now, I'm like, but at the time, I was like, That was incredible, and nobody's ever kissed me like that. And so it got a little hot and heavy, and I backed up, and I was like, we got to stop. He was like, yeah, we need to stop, because if we don't, it's going to happen. And I was like, yeah. So we stopped, and I went upstairs to his room to get my stuff to leave, and I was like, I had a great time. Like it's three o'clock in the morning at this point. And I'm like, I really want to see you again. Is that wrong? He's like, no, I really want to see you too. And he's like, when do you come in again to get adjusted? And I was like, uh, day after tomorrow or something. <clears throat> Cause I was on like a every two day adjustment for like the first two weeks and then once a week and whatever maintenance care. So
0: got the steam for my adjustment or whatever. And so I at, had my son. Sorry, at, at this point, you have gone on one date with him. You feel that he's been wronged. You have an actual, real truth that his wife has cheated on him you have that backed up by someone else or other people so you know it's true yep. you believe every single story he has told you you believe that you know he hasn't lived a life and do you you're also feeling i assume that i'm gonna show this guy what he's been missing in the world and at the same time i'm gonna you know Feel great about that. That I'm helping him is that also kind of a thought in your head? Besides, like, absolutely, and absolutely, and then at the end of that first night, you guys make out it was like you haven't uh, been intimate with someone in a very long time. At, at, at the end of that night, hook, line, and sinker, you have bought in a hundred percent. There's going to be no, uh, nothing that's going to stop you at that point,
1: right? Yeah, okay. and. I I was even, you know, telling friends, um, one of the girls that I was really close to that I worked with, I was like, gosh, I feel, I was like, this is just crazy because I, I wasn't looking, I didn't want this right now. I said, but I can't deny the fact that we are crazy about each other. And we had such a great time, like not crazy about each other after the first date but I was like, I really like him. Like I want to get to know him. And his situation is horrible. Like, I feel bad, you know. So, I was very much like, he needs to have fun. I mean, even talking about other restaurants, he's like, I've never been there. I've never been there. I'm like, what? Like, these are staples of our city. How have you not been there? You know? And he's like, well, we never went out. We never did anything. She wouldn't let me. did it. So, I was like, this guy's going to live, and we're going to have fun, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So had my son and we would text each other Facebook messenger constantly. Like I didn't know his phone number. He had mine because he knew all my information from my patient file, but, um, strictly Facebook messenger. Um, it was, he was sending me flowers at work. Like nobody's done that. I mean, my, ex-husband used to do that, but it had been a long time. And I just, I felt he was love bombing the shit out of me constantly, like all day. And I mean, I was doing so well at work and that made me feel even more confident about myself physically and emotionally getting admiration and so much praise and put on this pedestal from somebody. I'm like, my God, like, where has he been? So it escalated super quick. Like we were constantly together the night that I didn't have my son. I was still very committed to my time and would go to my pole classes or I'd go to the gym. I spent time with friends or I had to work late, but I ended up like very gradually, giving up those things to be with him. Mm-hmm. And it was constantly my stomach hurts. I've had a really hard day. My ex started a fight. Um boo hoo, like just pitiful and I would come to his rescue and like cheer him up and stay the night and rub his belly and making soup and like mama stuff. Like caretaker mama stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize at the time, like, what he was doing. But, again, like, I've taken several bird's eye views of this entire relationship and even gone back through our text from 2014, 2015 on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like I see it now.
0: So he he's heavily playing victimhood as a way to control you. And at first you have zero idea that that yeah. is what is going on.
1: Absolutely. Like he's the victim. She's the damn devil. She's so abusive. She actually, he texted me one night that he was in his car waiting on the police in her driveway. He went to see his kids and get some stuff from their garage. And she physically attacked him and punched him in the face and started this whole domestic violent altercation in front of their children. So he had to call the police. And I was like, oh, my God, this bitch is insane. Like I was like, she hit you? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm okay. I'm just shaking up. Like, he was such a victim. And then he would send texts like, Hey, just so you know, she apparently hired a a private investigator and she knows about you and I'm trying to keep it on the DL, blah, 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 and all this. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm legally separated. I'm, you know, like I have nothing to hide. And even to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and tell my sons dad about this because I really care about this guy and I want to be transparent. And we have a close enough relationship that I felt comfortable I could do that. So I did, and I told my son's father, I was like, listen, I don't want this to upset you. I was like, but I've met somebody, and it's not expected, but, you know, we really like each other. We're, we've been seeing each other for, like, a month or two now. It's like, I just want you to know, like, <laughs> whatever, just so he was aware, because that's just kind of how we roll. And he was like, that's, he's like, I mean, it's kind of surprising. He said, but not really. You're, you're an amazing woman. He was like, I I mean, I kind of expected you'd see other people. And he's like, and that's fine. I just want you to be happy. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he was aware that we were dating. Well, his ex-wife started stalking me at work. Like I knew what kind of car she drove. And I would notice her driving around my model home. And I'm like... Is that, oh, my God. And at the same time, the man that I worked with that she was having an affair with stopped answering my calls, stopped meeting with me to schedule um, new owner builds, and, like, there was a huge halt in production for my contract. And it got to the point where I was like, <laughs> like, email and texting, and I had to start copying my managers on it because he wouldn't respond. And I was like, what the hell going on? So
0: And and this only feeds more into his story – that now you're being stalked by this person. All of a sudden this person has influenced uh, the person she's having an affair with. I assume maybe it's her boyfriend or something at that point, but uh, now it's influencing your work life as well and a hindrance. So now it's all, uh, you know, you have no reason not to believe everything he's saying and doing.
1: Exactly. And not only that, but, like, at, at this point, he had introduced me to one of his friends who was also a friend of hers. Like, they had gone on this Caribbean trip together the year before or whatever, and they were all supposedly super close. And so when I met his friend, he was also married, and... I had a lot of red flags about his friend because I'm going to call him Matthew. Um, because when the first time I met him, they came by my condo and he kept saying, you're eventually going to meet my wife. But when you do, when you come over and we hang, cause we're definitely going to hang because my boy's so happy and he's like crazy about you. And that's all I talked about. So it's really nice to me. He said, but when you come to my house, pretend it's the first time you're meeting me. And I was like, what? Why? He's like, my wife will just get jealous and she'll think it's weird that I've met you first. And she had, and he was like, just trust me. Like she gets a little crazy too. And I was like, okay, that's not cool. But I was so crazy about Dr. Jekyll. I was like, you know what? These are his friends. I want to give them a chance. Let me get to know them. you know, cause when you don't get along with your significant other's friends, it's stressful. And I was like, okay, I just met him. I'm not going to place judgment, but that's weird. But, um, so we started hanging out with this couple. They're both wild. And I'm like, I can't keep up with these people, but it was fun. It was new people. You know, I'm in this new relationship, like, whatever. So I rolled with it. And, you know, they were also telling me all these stories about Dr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde's um, ex-wife. And they were like, oh, my gosh, she's crazy. Like, she accused him of trying to sleep with me and da-da-da, um, Matthew's wife and on their trip and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? I mean... <laughs> I am completely convinced at this point that this woman is a psychopath. Okay. And here's poor Dr. Jekyll just going through the ringer with this woman. And everybody was like, she just wants his money. Like she hasn't had a job in 10 years and blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Jekyll was always like, he was like, that's why I love this girl so much because she, she works she takes care of her kids. She makes money. She's gorgeous. She's stylish. Like she's fun. She's funny. We have the same hobbies, blah, blah, blah. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we're so dreamy. Like, but we got this crazy lady like stalking us. And then one weekend we went to Matthew's house and his wife and we were having like a a cookout and, um, I had my son and their daughter was there and I brought my son's little bouncy house. They were three my son was three and a half and their daughter was six at the time. And his Dr. Jekyll's ex wife drives by and she's got his kids in the car with her and she rolls down the window and starts screaming in front of her children and my son. That I'm a pedophile and a whore and a home wrecker. And it was for anybody that's a mom that loves their children, for somebody to start behaving like that and attacking you in front of your child, it was like an out of body experience. I could not get in front of my son quick enough, in between her and him playing in the yard, and it infuriated me. Like, not even what she was saying about me, because it's the furthest thing from the truth, but just the fact that my child was in the yard closest to her, hearing somebody yell about his mother like that, I was like a bottle rocket. And it made me so angry. I was like, this woman is completely insane. Like, at this point, I'm going to have to get a restraining order, you know? And her kid's sitting in the car, too. It was horrible. So I didn't know what to do. Um, Dr. Jekyll was very reassuring, and he was like, I'm going to take care of it. So apparently, he took care of it and like sent her some lengthy text that he shared with me. And then it got to the point where he was sharing all his text with me. So I was trying to be encouraging to him too, like, okay, in these texts you're sending her, instead of saying this, maybe just give her short one letter or, or two word answers. Don't even go into it. Don't defend yourself. Don't don't keep stirring it up. Like she wants you to fight with her. Like just ignore it and only communicate about the kids, like all this stuff. And I even took time out of my workday to Google, like how to handle abusive partners going through a divorce. And I found this app called our family wizard. And I was like, you need to download this and have your attorney's, implement it in your child custody stuff. Like, this is the only way y'all can communicate. And he's like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, it flagged certain words. Um You can only talk about the kids. There's only so much you can put in an email. You can even pay your child support through it. Like, you don't have to be near them, which is a great tool for anybody divorcing a narcissist. Like, minimal contact if you have kids, you know? So... I told him all about this, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that, blah, blah, Well, weeks and months would go by, and I'm like, why are you still going over there and getting in these fights and these text wars? Like, did you not download the app? And he's like, oh, I couldn't get it to work. There was always some ridiculous excuse, or um, her dog's hurt. i got to go over there and take care of the dog. And I'm like, tell her to take the dog to the vet, you know, like – she's so abusive and mean. Why do you keep putting yourself in this situation? And things just started to not add up like pretty quickly. Um, So I started noticing like him pulling away a little bit and, you know, I was so into him. We were constantly together and, and, he started like being on his phone all the time or going to the bathroom all the time. And, um, he didn't text me as much at work. Like we didn't talk like we normally did. I mean, we were very on as soon as he got out of work and I got out of work, we were on the phone or we were together that started going away and I could tell and feel like something's up. And so, um, you know, I asked him, I'm like, are you okay? And he was like, you know, I just, he's like, I'm crazy about you. He's like, I've just got so much going on. And he's like, I really need, I really just think I need some time to kind of clear my head and, you know, work through some of this and be with my kids. And I was like, I get it. Like, if that's what you need, like I fully support it, you know? And um, I was like, I know this is really hard. This is it's been hard on me, whatever. And so I was like, are we breaking up? He was like, no, I don't want to break up. I just need some time. Can you just give me some time? I was like, yeah, I can. So we weren't broke up, but we weren't seeing each other every day. We still talked here and there, but it wasn't, we weren't spending all our time together and I remember one day I I called him after work, and he didn't answer. And I was like, well, that's weird. And he didn't call back. <laughs> so I just let it go. <laughs> and then, like, two hours later, I texted him, and I was like, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I'm out with my friend Tiffany. And I was like, okay. And he was like, she's been a really good friend of mine. She's going through a bad breakup right now. Blah blah blah. And he had mentioned her before when we first started dating. And I was like, Cool, you've got a girlfriend. It was a girl that's a friend. I'm not that person that's like, Oh, you can't have female friends, you know. I was like, Awesome, y'all have a great time. Like he told me how close they were, they've been friends for a long time. She was also a patient. I'm like, That's cool, you know, whatever. And so I hadn't heard about her for a while, but he was like, I'm out with Tiffany, like she's going through a breakup and We're just catching up. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was like, well, I just want to check on you. I hope you have a good night, whatever. Well, a week later, he contacted me um, more regularly, and it started picking up again, and he wanted to spend every moment with me. And it was like we were full-blown back into where we were, and I started noticing him constantly on his phone and where he used to put his phone down on the table and it was fully open and accessible. It no longer was. And I was just like, okay, this is weird. So then I started seeing all these notifications come up from Facebook messenger from Tiffany and then text messages from Tiffany. And I was like, do I get to meet her? Like you guys seem to be really close. You're talking a lot. I was like, you know, it'd be cool to meet some of your other, some of your other friends. And he was like, Oh yeah. He was like, you know, she's been going through stuff and he was like, but yeah, that'd be cool. Well, it never happened. And I didn't make a big deal about it, but I just started observing the behavior and I was like, you know, he would say he had to work late And I remember one time he said he had to work late. He had to put his notes in or something and he was really hungry. So he, he was going to have a late night and he was in a bad mood, blah, blah, blah. And so I went and got like an edible arrangement (laughs) and trying to be sweet, went to drop it off at his office right before they closed and he was already gone And I was like, I thought you had to work late. He was like, something happened with the ex and the kids. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, I brought you a snack because I knew you were hungry and you had to work late. So it's at the office. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is just crazy. I got to handle this. I'm like, okay. Well, come to find out. There was no issue at home. He had met with Tiffany at a bar and lied to me about it. And he didn't want to tell me because he didn't want me to get upset that she really needed him and blah, 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 and all this and that. So I tried to be cool, and it just didn't feel good. And started getting that insecure like something's up gut feeling and then the holidays roll around and I wanted him to meet my family I had met his and you know at this point we were really serious and I was like you know uh, my family doesn't get to come here as often as yours I'd really love for you to see where I'm from and take meet my family blah 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 and Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my birthday is right before Christmas. So I had, um, they had, he and Matthew and his wife surprised me with a birthday party and like dinner and stuff. Well, that night, We had been out, had a nice dinner, went back to Matthew and his wife's house, and we're hanging out, and it's like 12 o'clock, and they're like, we're going to go get more beer. I was like, I really don't think we need more beer. Like, we're all good here, you know? But they were, like, partying hard, and I was just done. I'm like, I'm not a big drinker. Like, I'm just kind of over it, but, you know, the guys were wanting to still hang or whatever. So they called an Uber. Well, Dr. Jekyll left his phone on their kitchen counter. And I'm sitting in the living room with Matthew's wife, and I hear his phone go off. So I get up and look. It's after midnight, and it's Tiffany. And I'm like, what? And you can see a little bit of the text. And it was, hey, what are you doing tonight? We should hang. And so I opened the phone and start going through all their other texts. And that's when I found out that he was not at work staying late. He had met her for drinks. And I'm like, okay, this is not, if I'm having to do this and I'm feeling this way, this is not okay. Like there's something going on. Like, I should never have to look at his phone, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I started feeling guilty. Well, he was gone for over an hour, and they where they went to get beer was literally five minutes down the road. Of course, he left his phone. So Matthew's wife and I are like, where are they? Like, what are they doing? And by 2 a.m., they show up, And she's texting him again, inviting him to come over. I'm like, okay, no one that is a good friend that supposedly knows that you're in a full-on committed relationship texts you at 2 a.m. to come hang out. So he's already hammered, and it's my freaking birthday, and he's got some chick texting him that I've never met. And so... I I was like I am not gonna have this conversation tonight because he's drinking and it's not gonna be good. So we'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. So the next night I bring it up. I'm like, listen, I've asked you if I could meet her, and you for months, and you keep blowing it off and giving me excuses, like. I just have this feeling that there's something else going on and you're not being honest with me. I was like, if you are interested in her, like, please let me know, be fair to me. And he said, you know, there was an attraction with her years ago. And he said, I even used to joke with um, his mentor who opened his practice. He said, I used to joke with him and my partner all the time and say that one day I was going to marry her. I'm like, But you were married. So that was a red flag. I'm like, why would you even say that or have that conversation when you're married? You know? I was like, you guys, you have told me you're good friends. You've been friends for 10 years. Like, she went through a divorce, and now she's going through a breakup, and you guys keep having this weird back-and-forth hangout, but you've never met introduced her to me I was like so I would like to know her like so I can feel comfortable about this friendship because I think I've been pretty cool about it but at this point she's texting you to come over at 2 a.m. on my birthday which is disrespectful I was like it doesn't sit well so I need you to be more transparent about it and make me feel okay about this and he got livid livid, like I have never seen before in my life. Like the sweet, charming, loving, almost pitiful child that I've been taking care of and loving was this monster. And he just flew off the handle and was like, she's just a friend. You're acting ridiculous. I'm like, I don't think my feelings are ridiculous it's a concern that you're not even wanting to discuss with me and you're getting angry, which tells me that you've got your defense up and I'd like to understand why if it's not a big deal and there's nothing to hide, then why can't you just have a normal conversation with me and introduce us? And he flipped out and was like, I'm leaving. We're done here. And just got up and walked away And left (laughs) and left me where we were at. I was like, oh my God, did that really just happen? Like, completely invalidated my feelings and concern when, as my partner, he should be making me feel at ease and willing to explain. So that was our first argument. And the following week, uh was before Christmas, and we didn't speak much and I'm like you're you're supposed to be coming home with me to meet my family, like where are we at? This is super uncomfortable, and I was really hurt, and he was like we're fine we're fine I'm sorry, I acted that way. I just got so much on me, I'm really stressed about the practice because it's the holidays, and it's slow and my ex was crazy and dealing with that. And he was like, and whatever, there was always an excuse and it was always somebody else's fault. Like he had zero accountability and could not self soothe or handle any of anything that was his responsibility. And it was like becoming very obvious to me that he just was a very high, strung individual and his whole Personality and temperament, I could see shifting. I was like, where was this charming, loving, like supportive, just like, where's our passion? Like, we were, we were fire. And now it's like, I feel like I'm on fire. And so, you know, he kind of swept it under the rug, and he was like, don't worry about it. It's not an issue. It's not even a thing. She's just a friend. Okay. Well, a week goes by before Christmas, and she's texting him and inviting him to her mom's Christmas party with her. And I was like, oh, well, are we going? He was like, well, she just invited me. I was like, well, that's really inappropriate and shitty. Because you're my boyfriend, so I'm not cool with that. I don't know this person, and that's not okay. So then he got mad at me because I was mad about him getting invited to a Christmas party at her mother's house that I wasn't allowed to come to. And I was like, how does that make me an asshole? How would you feel if the tables were turned? He's like, you're just being ridiculous. She's a friend, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. So then we go through the holiday. He comes home with me, meets my entire family, and immediately, like, he was an ass the entire time. Like, there was no connection. We weren't joking. Like, he acted miserable. He was on his phone the entire time. And everyone in my family was like, I don't. Like I wanted them to love him so much, as much as I did, but everybody was like, "I don't know." Like, Cal, this guy. My both my my biological father and my stepdad were like, "I don't know." There's just something about him I just don't trust. Like, and, and that really upset me. But it was also kind of an eye opener because I trust my dad. The day we left, it was a Tuesday morning. And his office doesn't open till 1 o'clock. So we got up real early and left. And I drove him straight to work. Like, I let him sleep the whole way there. And I drove. And I was like, you know, when you get off today, um, I'm going to make dinner. And I had my son that night. I was like, I'll make dinner. Just come by and we'll eat. And I was like, I'm sorry this weekend didn't turn out the way I hoped it did. I was like, I hope. I hope we're okay. And we can work through this, whatever's going on. He was like, we're fine. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just in a weird space right now. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. He was like, I love you so much. Like you're my world and you are the only person that has ever shown me what real love is. And I just don't want you to worry about anything. And I'm just in a weird space, but you know, we're fine. And I enjoyed going to meet your family. They're wonderful people, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. Like, So 6 o'clock comes around, which is when his office closes, and he normally leaves right at closing or shortly after because he has never stayed and put in notes or been extra anything. Like when he's done, he's done. Six o'clock comes and I text him like, Hey babe, you know, dinner's in the oven. It should be ready in a little bit. What's your ETA? No response. So I called him. I'm like, where, you know, what's going on? Didn't answer. Goes to voice. I'm like, where, where are you? Are you okay? Like I'm dinner's ready. Like, are you almost here? Let me know. I'm going to go ahead and feed my son. An hour goes by, still nothing. And so I'm getting really upset. And finally around 7.30, he sends me a text instead of a phone call. And he says, I'm really sorry. I just, I need the night to myself. Um, Being in the car with you today on the way home, Seeing your son in the back kind of scared me. Um, It felt like we were a family, and I just need to clear my head. And Tiffany is house-sitting for a friend of hers down at Wrightsville Beach, and she's got a bunch of friends in town. So they invited me to come over and hang. I'm just going to go over and eat with them and maybe have a drink and then go home and try to get some sleep. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, are you kidding me right now? I was like, we had plans, and you're going to hang out with her. And we literally, eight hours ago, just got back from you meeting my entire family, and you're blowing us off for plans that we had to go hang out with the girl that's been texting you at 2 a.m. Seriously? So I was heartbroken immediately lost my appetite and terrified I knew in my gut that shit was sideways something was going on and I couldn't leave you know I I had my child so I literally went into that discard devaluation immediately like I don't love him enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I, what did I do wrong? Like Trying to think of all the things that could have happened that made him start pulling away like he had been and hanging out with this chick. So I was up all night, and I would send him texts. I was like, please text me when you get home and let me know you're home okay. No reply. Didn't even read them. And finally, at like 4 a.m., he calls me, and I was up. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, what is going on? Are you okay? And he's like, I'm so sorry. And oh, my gosh. He's like, I just, I fell asleep. He's like, I, I, um, I didn't have a phone charger, and my phone went dead, and nobody else had a phone charger for an iPhone. I was like, bullshit. You're, you, I had a phone charger in his car that I had forgotten. We had the same phone, but that I had left in there from our six and a half hour drive back that morning. So I knew that was a lie. And I was like, out of all the people in the world, most people have an iPhone. And I highly doubt that somebody that's house sitting and has four or five friends in town doesn't have an iPhone charger. And I was like, what did you do? Where'd you go? He's like, well, we went to this restaurant and had dinner, and then we just went back and had a few drinks on the porch. And I drank too much, so I just went to sleep. And then I woke up and came home. He like, please, I'm just tired. I need to go to bed because i got to get up for work in the morning. He's like, I'm so sorry. I don't want you to worry. And I was like, unbelievable. Like, I hurt, you know? And so the next day... He texts me throughout the morning. He's like, again, I'm really sorry about last night. I shouldn't have done that to you or made you worry, blah, blah, blah. Can we meet for dinner tonight? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, because we need to discuss this. And so I met him for dinner, and we're sitting there, and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, do you have any idea – how much that hurt last night. Like you blew me off to go hang out with this woman who's supposedly no threat, but you refused to introduce me to. And she's, you know, you guys have had this conversation via tech that's wildly inappropriate. I was like, and now you're blowing me off to hang out with her after you meet my family, like what is going on? And I said, did anything happen? No nothing happened we're just friends and I was like come on like I'm not stupid I was like please just respect me now." to be honest and he was like okay we kissed last night but that's it he was like it was my fault I was drunk I approached her he was like and I immediately felt bad about it and she even said I do not want to get in between you and gal like we can't do this. She stopped it. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, why? You know, I was like, just, I don't understand. And I was like, I've known for so long that something was up because I felt it. And I was like, and you keep denying it. And I was like, I can't trust you now. I was like, and my heart is broken. And I got up and left the restaurant.
0: Well, even when he's coming clean here, he's still not coming clean.
1: Exactly. And even when he was coming clean, I knew he was lying. Yeah. Because his whole demeanor and mannerisms and everything changes. And I'm like, he wouldn't even give me eye contact. I was like, you're lying. Like, so I left his ass sitting there. And I mean, I was completely heartbroken, betrayed, like, just... Ashamed of myself getting into a relationship so quick and falling so hard for somebody and like, it, it just, oh my God, it was, it was so hurtful. And then, you know, even Matthew and his wife stopped calling me and texting me and like, I could see on social media where they were all hanging out and I didn't know, like I wouldn't buy, you know, I was just nothing for like two weeks. And he started messaging me again and reaching out. He was driving by my condominium, sending flowers at my work and all this stuff and trying to apologize. But his apologies were always like, I'm sorry, but, and it was always, but my ex wife this and so now I feel like this and it was always somebody else's fault and every apology had a but, which is not a real apology. It's deflecting accountability and putting it on somebody else, you know? And I it was bad, like I couldn't eat, I uh, I I felt horrible. And um,
0: at, at this point, are you still feeling that you needed to be uh, better, or is that like out of your system at that point? That it's strictly on him.
1: No, I, I full on was like something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Like, I mean, I'm successful. I, I don't know why he's doing this. Um, well, I had, <laughs> I had um, been able to. Kind of let my guard down a little bit, and we started talking more a few weeks later and um you know he was love bombing me again and hoovering and coming by and fake apology and all this, and hoovering and love bombing and I missed him like I was so conditioned like already just felt like I couldn't breathe without him and Anytime I'd try to bring up my feelings, you know, it was the discard and silent treatment and I need my space. And it was always him spending time with Tiffany. So I think by February the following year,
0: um, we were, so at at this point, you know, uh, throughout this whole entire time, you went through a period where things were okay. You weren't putting up any stink, and then that first time you put up a stink uh, and really was adamant that something is happening, you know, you see this other side of him really for the first time that probably many people have seen, and then when these things start happening more, you're getting uh, silent treatments, you're getting, um, you know, the idea that if you do keep on putting up a stink, this is over, and then you're getting, uh, you're, you're, you're now getting complete uh separation and then he comes back and then you know he knows yep. he has you at this point of how you're feeling and and this time at this point of the relationship when you're back he's really in control in the sense of you know you at this point you're self-regulating yourself in every way knowing what the possible outcomes are going to be which is i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave and you're so hooked in with your trauma bond at this point that uh that yeah the last thing you want. And, and, you know, the person who you were before and the relationship that it was at the beginning where it was all about his ex-wife and, you know, all of these things, that's not a part of it anymore. Now there's someone else. Now you might be the ex-wife. You don't know what's being said about you to um, you know, Tiffany at all. Um, and you know, you might be act, be the one being shown acting crazy. You have no idea. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're in a bad spot at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, there's so much that I haven't even so many different things. Like there were a lot of other issues that, you know, I chalked up and just blew off as, you know, he's drunk, we're drinking, whatever, but that was wrong. Like, there were so many times that I stood, stepped out of my um, upbringing and my beliefs and my self-respect to appease him. And, um, you know, in all of that, like, I'm like, What the hell else can I do? Like, what is wrong with me? That's why I was so beat down. I'm like, this man, I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm a very humble person, but I was like, I'm successful, I'm attractive, I'm a good mom, I make good money, I work hard, I adore him, I'm great to his kids, like all this stuff, I mean, I'm I can freaking pull down like what other thing could a man want? You know, like, and it was just, I felt wretched. Like, everything that he loved about me in the beginning was now everything he criticized in me. And it was always about him all the time. Like, you don't have the right to be mad at me because I did something completely consciously and disrespectful to you because this is going on in my life. Like I was not allowed to have feelings or stand up for myself. It was always about Dr. Jekyll and what he wanted to do down to where we had dinner, what we did that weekend, who we hung out with, like everything was his world. And I mean, there were even points in time where I was neglecting my pet. You know, and asking my son's dad if he'd keep him for the weekend because Dr. Jekyll wanted to go to golf with Matthew and his wife. And so I would, you know, give up my time with my son to spend time with him. And that whole weekend for this awesome, fun trip we're supposed to go on would be a complete shit show of him drinking too much and being an asshole and mean to me the whole time. And it became the scene where he and Matthew were the same person. And Matthew's wife and I were constantly like, why are they so fucking mean to us? Like, I don't deserve this. And they played off each other. They supported each other. They ostracized us. And we were the crazy. And, you know, it was just constant all the time. And it was like. I couldn't even see it. I didn't understand what the hell was happening because I went from this charming, amazing man to seeing this completely different, mean person. And I was like, I wonder if his ex is actually that crazy or if he made her crazy, you know? So we, I got to a point after the whole Tiffany thing, I was like, you know what? I cannot do this anymore. You need to figure your shit out. I was like, spend time with your kids, go do your soul searching, get it out of your system of whoever you need to mess around with. I was like, because I don't deserve this. I love you. I am in love with you. I have made my entire past year and a half, two years completely about you, and you treat me like shit. And I was was like, I don't want to lose you, but I can't keep doing this. So I was like, do what you got to do. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to fix this. Like, I know I need to get my shit together, blah, blah, blah. And so we broke up for like four or five months. But during that time, we were still intimate, we were still seeing each other. He was still reaching out, touching base, seeing how I was doing. And God forbid I was having a good day or I sold a bunch of houses or something. Like he had to shit on it, you know? And it was always about him and his day and what Crazy Ex was doing. And, like, it, it was just ridiculous. But, yeah, I was severely trauma-bonded and, like, I mean, we finished each other's sentences. I could tell when something was wrong with him. We'd call each other at the same time. Like, we were very connected. It was, we used to laugh about it, but it got to the point where it was almost creepy because we, I mean, we were so in sync and connected. Like, I felt like I could not function without him. And I completely lost who I was. And in the time that we were broken up, but still being intimate, I got pregnant and I was on birth control and I told him and he was still doing his distant, like no response, ignoring the text, not calling me back thing. And here I was completely frantic and hurt and now I'm pregnant. And I didn't want to have another baby. Um, My pregnancy with my son was really difficult and he's the greatest blessing I have, but I certainly didn't want to have a baby out of wedlock with somebody that treated me like shit. And so I called him and the only people I told were him and Matthew's wife, because she and I had gotten close. And... He said he'd help pay for me to have an abortion, and he would be there. So I went to Planned Parenthood here and got the abortion pill so I could do it at home because I didn't want to be in a clinic by myself. And I thought that would be easier for me to be comfortable at home. He never showed up. He never paid for shit. I was reaching out to Matthew's wife and she was like, Oh, he's been over here being a fucker. He and Matthew have been drunk and they're doing cocaine and started a fight with me. She was like, I left. You want me to come over there? And I was like, can you come stay with me? I'm in so much pain. And I literally like, she never showed up either. So I literally was on my bathroom floor all night having an abortion by myself in my own vomit and tears. And I knew that he was getting drunk and partying and could care less. And I felt so ashamed. I felt completely alone and I was just guilty. I felt guilty. And like, this is not something that I would ever consider doing. Like it went against my faith. You know, it's just, I was in the lowest of low of my life. And I finally, I I had so much resentment to him. And the next day, like late in the day, he contacted me and he was like, hey, when's your thing? (laughs) My thing. Uh, I was like, "Um, yesterday. And you didn't show up. And... I did it by myself, and I don't want to speak to you at all. I know what you were up to last night. And so it was like my head and my heart could never sink. I couldn't. I always have inherently seen the good in people, and so I kept holding on to hope that the person I thought he was and I fell in love with was going to come back and that he was just going through some midlife crisis because his ex-wife's the crazy and destroyed his world, but I still was like, but I've been here, and he says he's in love with me, you know, and everything was amazing, and I don't understand, like, what's happening, like, he loved me, no contact, he loved me, no contact, and it was just, it was that constant, like, fight or flight, just living in denial, and uh, I mean, I had no sense of self anymore. Like, I completely got my self-worth and everything from how he made me feel. And it was really unhealthy. Um But, yeah, so we broke up that summer of 2016. I had an abortion by myself. I sent him, my, my little brother and sister-in-law got married at that time. And, you know, that was hard, that was hard too. Cause I, I really wanted him to be my date at my brother's wedding. And, um, it was hard going home after just six months ago, my entire family had met him and, Now we were no more, you know, it was really hard. And so I kind of opened up to my mom about everything. And she was like, listen, your daddy didn't like him. She's like, I don't really trust him. Shit's just weird. She's like the one time we hung out with him, he was in his phone the whole time. She was like, things aren't adding up. His wife is batshit crazy enough for you to just not even want to bother But I was like, Mama, I'm heartbroken. Like, I am in love with this person. He has broke my heart. This is what's happened. I was like, I don't know how to handle it. You know, I just got out of a marriage, wasn't expecting or looking, and I got wrapped up in this and thought I had found the one. And and she was like, well, honey, you know, life's hard. And my mom is amazing and always supportive, but sometimes it's tough love and it's not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. But I just couldn't accept it because I had no closure. It was just like he was off screwing around and could care less what I was dealing with or going through. And so I wrote him a really long email and I was just like, I understand what you've gone through is difficult. You know, your entire world got ripped apart because your wife cheated. So never in a million years can I possibly imagine that you would turn around and do the very same thing to me, who has been there for you through the whole thing, who has wiped your tears, who has been your therapist, your encourager, your best friend, your biggest support. I have loved you, your family, your kids, like... I allowed you into my life and my family and around my kid. And I was like, I just, I have never hurt somebody like this. And after everything you've been through and are going through, I can't understand how you could have done that to me. It was selfish. And I was like, you know, I'll forgive you for my own peace and healing, but I really, I can't have somebody in my life that's, going to treat me like that. And that's not how I was raised. And I feel, I was like, I feel like you really need to do some soul searching and connect with your kids. And, you know, you've not been a good parent. The way you scream and yell at them is very upsetting to me. And it's not something I'm used to. I don't scream. Um, It's very uncomfortable for my son. I was like, you have so much anger and resentment towards your ex and you're taking it out on me. And it's not fair. And I was like, "You know, if Tiffany's the one you want to be with, then great, good luck to you guys. please stop contacting me though i was like it's it's cruel, and so I went to my brother's wedding and then came back and the day after I came back, I got an email reply back from him and I immediately, and I'm not making this up. When I saw it in my inbox, I threw up on myself in my car. That's how spun out and heartbroken I was. And I was terrified what was in it. So I opened the email, which I still have. And In the email, he admitted to having a cocaine problem. He admitted to cheating on me with Tiffany for a long time. In addition, in the four months we were broke up, he also slept with his waitress from another um, restaurant that we used to go to and was talking about how broken he was and how sorry he was, and he was not that person, and he was scared, and he got scared because he realized I was the real deal, and he tried to sabotage it and push me away because he was in such a bad place, and I deserved better. And he didn't deserve to be loved. And it was this, oh, woe is me. I'm a piece of shit. You're so amazing. And you're the greatest gift and the greatest love I've ever had. And I would do anything to be with you. I want to fix this. And I understand I broke your trust and hurt you. And you've had to go through horrific things by yourself because I let you down. And And he said, please, if you want to talk about it, I would love to see you because I am madly in love with you. And I, I know you're the one blah, blah, blah. So I was in one email, disgusted, heartbroken, elated, like relieved, disgusted. (laughs) Like it was just, holy crap. And even then I didn't, I didn't even realize like, that he was doing the whole cycle in, a, in an entire email, like the love bomb, the, the, the devaluation, the ignoring, the discard, the love bomb. Like, you know, it was just, and he was, you know, you were acting crazy, and I wanted to hang out with this person, and then you got jealous. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what happened at all. He would rewrite the history. I'm like, no, you were lying to me. And I called you out on it and because I called you out on it for treating me like shit and lying to me, you tell me I'm crazy and I'm making it up and that it's not happening and you make me doubt, you gaslighting me. Like you make me doubt my own reality of things I see with my own eyes or hear and know and tell me it didn't happen. That's abuse, you know? And So anyway, I'm like still in this trauma bond connected to him. And I called him and I was like, he's like, my parents are in town, but mom said she'd keep the kids if I can come see you and we can talk about this. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Well,
0: I know, I know everyone listening right now is collectively saying no.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, here he comes, and he comes over with wine in hand and flowers. And he walked up to my porch, and I was just sitting on the porch waiting on him. And he walked up, and puppy dog eyes, like crocodile tears, he got on his knees in front of me and started bawling. I'm so sorry. I hurt you. And I was like, get up, like get up. And I was crying at that point. Like I'd been waiting so long to hear this apology and him to come back, you know? And I was like, I could hit you. Like you have no idea how bad you've hurt me. And he's like, I know. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that to you. And, you're amazing and you're the one and I love you and I want to be with you. I want us to be a family and blah, blah, blah. And all this. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to hit you. And he was like, hit me. So I like popped him across the cheek, like a tap, you know, cause I don't do that, but we laughed about it. And he was like, can I come in? So he was like, my parents are here. They really love you. They want to see you. And I was like, I really miss them. I want to see them too. Like I was already attached to his parents, his brother and sister-in-law, his kids, his aunt, uncle, like the whole family, you know, mine hated him, but his adored me and I loved them. And so we talked for like four hours at my house. And he was like, do you want to go to dinner with us? And I was like, okay. So we go to dinner. Well, then the next night, I spent the night with him. The next day we hung out all day. And that night he was like, let's go on a trip. I really want to get away. And I was like, I do too. (laughs) Like, we need a fresh start. So I know everybody's like, this girl's a freaking moron. Why did she stay? Why does she keep going back? It's the abuse. It's the lies. It's the gaslighting, the stonewalling. Everything's my fault. I called it like you can't explain it unless you've been in it. (laughs) But I literally was convinced that I was wrong and I had misunderstood or that, that didn't really happen, even though it did and I had the proof and he even admitted it in an email later like that's how broke down I was and insecure and full-on depended on his his value of me is the only way I could see myself at that point so anyway we uh plan a trip to Jamaica and I was so excited. We were back together for weeks. Things were amazing again. It was like it was in the beginning, like, you know, sweet, loving, constantly contacting me, calling me, sending me sweet notes, blah, 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 all that love bomb, love bomb, love bomb. And we get to Jamaica, and I think it was the second day we were there. And um, we were sitting by the pool, and he was like, I'll be right back. I'm like, okay. So he goes walking down the beach, and I see him talking to this local Jamaican guy. And I'm like, what is he doing? And he comes back, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go get my wallet. I'm going to go get some weed from this guy. And I was like, dude. Dude we're in Jamaica. Like if you get caught, you're going to Jamaica jail. Like, that's not a good idea. He's like, it'll be fine. Like he told me who to get it from. He's going to walk me over there. I'll be right back. And I was like, I don't like this. So I'm sitting by the pool for a really long time by myself. And I couldn't call him because his phone didn't work. And I was getting real scared. Well, he ended up being gone for like three hours. And I was full on in panic mode at this resort by myself in Jamaica. And I don't know where the hell he is. I mean, I was crying. I was pacing the beach. I would go back to the room to see if he was back in the room. I'd go back to the pool. I was texting him, even though I know they weren't getting delivered. Like I was crazy freaking out. And I didn't know, I there was nothing I could do. I couldn't call the front desk or, you know, a family member and tell them what was going on, you know. So <laughs> he finally comes back and I am hysterical. I am in tears. I'm like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Like, I'm freaking out. And he was like, it's fine. I'm so sorry. I wanted to call you, but my phone didn't work again. I was like, why did you do that? Like, I have been a mess looking for you and terrified. Like you're gone, you're dead or whatever. I was like, all of that for weed. And he was like, all right. So I didn't get weed. I got us cocaine. I was like, fuck you. I'm not doing cocaine. Like, I don't like the shit. I don't like you doing it. You're even bigger of an asshole when you're on that. Like, why? I'm like, we're supposed to be here reconnecting and enjoying this and starting anew and you're doing the same shit already. So we got in this huge fight. And of course, I was overreacting. I was ridiculous. My feelings didn't matter. We're supposed to be having fun and I'm being a Like, oh, my God. So I'm like, you know what? Do your freaking cocaine, doctor. You are a complete fraud to your own profession. And I don't want to be around you. I can't believe we're here right now. And I can't believe we're going through this again. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And he was like, fine, I'll get rid of it. So he, like, in front of me, or is it in the toilet? And I'm like, okay, good. And I was like, please don't do that again. Well, the next night, the very next night, I'm like trying to be cool and get back in vacation mode and enjoy our time together. And we go out to dinner at one of the restaurants at the resort. And he's like, I'll be right back. And then go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay. He comes back from the bathroom with cocaine smeared on his nose. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And he, like, wipes it off real quick. And I was like, you're high. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, dude, your eyes are big as saucers. You've got cotton mouth. And it was just on your nose. I am not stupid. And he's like, fine, yes, I still kept some because I knew you'd be and freak out, and it'd be awesome if you could just be on vacation and have a good time and let loose and stop trying to control everything and be in a fuddy-duddy and da da and all this crap about how I am I'm like, oh, my God. So we had a horrible time, just in case nobody can pick that up at this yeah, point. Yes. And we come home. As soon as we come home, I find out that he has been messaging a friend of mine named, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter, another woman via Facebook Messenger who was also married. And we went to the movies, and while we're sitting in the movie theater, he says, here, take my phone because he loves the theater, now I know why, because he's an actor. But he loved going to the movies, and he always got gummy bears and popcorn and some kind of chocolate and a lot of beer. So he was like, will you go get me some candy? And I'm like, sure. And he was like, and while you're up there, grab another beer, because you can only get one per person. And he had already drank his. So he was working on mine, and he wanted me to get another one. I'm like, whatever. So... He's like, take my phone and scan my regal card because he gets points for candy. And you can exchange it for movie tickets and whatever. So I have his phone in my hand with his regal card. And I was standing in line, and something in my gut just told me, look in his phone. So I went through his phone and Facebook Messenger And he had been texting another patient who was like 23 student at the university here, my friend hitting on her. And then I went to text messages and I could see where he was talking shit about me to Matthew and another friend of his who I can't stand and calling me a sobering bitch and how full of crap I was and how he was enjoying having a good time and talking to other women and how he's trying to make it work with me, but that he was having a real hard time with it because, um, I had just changed and, um, I wasn't as fun as I used to be and he just wanted to have a good time and let loose and who gives a shit if he did cocaine or smoke pot or whatever. He knew how to control it. He didn't have a problem. And I'm like, first of all, if you're lying about it and you're hiding it. You have a problem. Period. And I'm not crazy for not wanting that in my life. And, I mean, it, it was – it was just constant and it was constant validation finding that shit. So I took him his freaking candy and his beer back to the theater and I handed him his phone and I had screenshot all the pictures of his conversations with my friend. And I told him to go fuck himself and left him in the theater. And I went outside and I sent the screenshots of their conversation to my quote unquote friend and her husband. And she immediately called me and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, this and that. Like, it's not what you think. And I was like, fuck both of you. This is disgusting. I was like, I know what? I'm not surprised from him. I've already done this crap. I was like, but I cannot believe that somebody that claims to be my friend and just recently accused her husband of having an affair with your band manager is screwing around with My boyfriend. So I was like, Talk both of you. And her husband, by the way, is now her ex-husband, and he was not having an affair. She was. So more projection. I'm like, oh, I'm familiar with that because I've been watching it from Dr. Jekyll and his wife and, you know, trying to cover up all their abuse and their garbage and their lies and crap to make me think I'm insane and I'm the problem here. So... Completely ended that friendship. We broke up again. And if that's not enough, I find out I'm pregnant again. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know. At that point, I was like, I think God hates me. I really do. Because again, I was on birth control. (laughs) And Apparently, while we were in Jamaica, from the timeline of how far along I was, that's when it happened. I got pregnant. And I'm like, I must be fertile Myrtle. Like, this is bullshit, but I can't do this again, especially with this guy. Like, so had to go through that whole process by myself again, because he was out partying and playing guitar and hanging out with another buddy that he got his cocaine from and let me be all in my shit again. And, uh, yeah, somehow I went back. (laughs) And honestly, I don't even know why I, I, I think at that point I had just accepted that I was worthless and this is the best I deserved. And that was the only option. And the little bit of connection and love that I got was all I deserved. And I was no longer, I was a shell. I was depressed. I I had no life in me whatsoever. Um, I started struggling at work. I couldn't even focus. My hair started falling out in chunks. Um, I had lost so much weight. I looked sick. And even my friends and my son's dad and family were like, I mean, jaw to the floor, like it was obvious, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I thought I was hideous. I was fat. I was worthless. Um, I had insomnia. I had developed such severe gastrointestinal issues. I had stomach ulcers. Anytime I tried to eat, I would throw it up. Not in a bulimic kind of way, just I couldn't keep things down. Um, I was getting really bad migraines. Um, Just, I mean, my health was going downhill fast and my illnesses had gotten so severe. My landlord at my condo um, ended up no longer wanting to manage it. So he gave his um, management to my firm, which I was supposed to get a commission for, he didn't, and they raised my rent, and also because I worked for the property management company, I could no longer live there, so I had to move, and I had nowhere to move to. And so here comes Dr. Jekyll, and he's like, listen, I want us to be a family. Let's buy a house, blah, blah, blah. I'll take care of you, blah, 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 all this crap. So I hook him up with an agent that I knew. We find a house, and I was like, listen, this is your thing. You find the house. I'll help you however I can. I'm very like I'm very sick. I couldn't even take care of myself hardly, and so he buys a house, moves me in. I worked for this property management company for almost three months. In those three months, I got diagnosed on the same day with rheumatoid arthritis hypothyroid disease. And I was also told that I was in premenopause because I had not had a period in so long because of probably the stress, but also because of the abortion and the pregnancy. So my system was completely out of whack. And I was 36. I'm like, I'm not premenopausal. That's horse shit. My mom got pregnant at like 46 (laughs) by accident. And I mean, I literally, I'm a side sleeper, but I had to put pillows everywhere because if my kneecaps touched, I would wake up completely bruised like I had been beaten to death. And I had no energy. I was foggy brained. I was exhausted. Um, so my quality of work was really bad. I couldn't remember anything. I'd have conversations with somebody and I had to get real good at keeping lists because I, I couldn't remember anything. Like I just, I was like a zombie walking around. So I lost my job with a property management company and, found this holistic doctor who was able finally to diagnose me with, in fact, I did have rheumatoid arthritis and I was hypothyroid. But um, in addition to that, I started seeing a therapist to talk about all this crap. And, And she was like, you're being abused. You're being emotionally, financially, verbally, psychologically abused. And you need to get out of this relationship. And I was like, well, I can't. I don't have a job. I'm stuck there. And he kept telling me, you can depend on me. Let me take care of you. Don't worry about your bills. Let me handle it. You're going to be my wife. We're going to have a family. We're all going to be a family and blah, 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 and all this. Meanwhile, back on Earth, he was... um, having a relationship with yet another patient. (laughs) And I got real tired of him telling me that I was crazy and I was not in reality and I was ridiculous and making it up. And they're just friends and she's a patient and he talks to his patients and they're allowed to text me. And I'm like, not what she's texting you. So in every effort to, Assured that I was not losing my freaking mind, I got a tracker. And the tracker also recorded. So I put that shit in his car. Not only was he cheating on me with yet another patient, he was also screwing his interns at his office. I have recordings of his cocaine deals that he lied about. I have recordings of his dates with all these women and listening to their conversations. I could see exactly where he was going every day, all day when he's in his car, when he would call me and say, hey, I got to go to the bank and get this and this, co-signed for Crazy X. When actuality, he was going to another bank to get cash out to me with one of his friends to buy cocaine. So I listened to that whole conversation too. And then um, he went to visit his family in New Jersey. And while he was there, verbatim, the exact text and pictures and trying to be jokey and silly stuff, he was sending me because I couldn't go. Uh, he was sending the exact same shit to another patient that he was cheating on me with, who was also married, and her husband was also a patient. And this girl and I had become friends, too. He liked to hang out with his patients, which I've learned are new supplies that he's working on. And he likes to be seen with the elite in our community because it makes him look special. And he likes for me to be on his arm and to get all this admiration from young students that he's hitting on in his office because he makes him feel like he's God's gift. And when I stop giving him admiration and figuring out who he is, then he goes and finds something else. So that was his game, and I started figuring it out. And I had all the texts, the recordings. I remember one day his parents were coming into town, and it was a Friday, and he gets off at 1. And he called one of his buddies, um, not Matthew, another guy, and I listened to their 20-minute conversation of him leaving work to him going to Buffalo Wild Wings about how crazy I am, how I'm going to fuck him over because see he's been working on all his flying monkeys and friends for months, smearing my name and saying I'm crazy and telling and saying that he's cheating on me when he's not, blah blah blah. When they knew he was because he's bringing these girls to their houses the day after I leave or we break up, you know. And they're covering for him because they're cocaine friends. And this conversation from this guy, I mean, I thought he was my friend too. I even, like, listed one of their properties for him. But I can't even, I mean, the horrible stuff he was saying about me and my abusive boyfriend agreeing, like, yeah, she's crazy and, why do I keep getting with these crazy bitches and da 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 da, da and all this? <clears throat> and not two minutes after he hung up from that conversation with me or with him, he called me and he was like, "Hey babe, how are you? How are you feeling today?" And I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's a psychopath!" I mean, it floored me. I I, I mean, just like a switch and I didn't even know how to respond. I was very short. And at that point, his parents had gotten into town, so they were downstairs and I was literally upstairs in the bathroom with trash bags, unloading drawers and lightening the load of stuff that I was eventually going to have to pack. So I was like getting rid of shit left and right because I knew I had to get out and he came home and walked in the bathroom, and his he looked at me, and his eyes were like saucers because the look on my face, I'm sure, was like, I know. And he was like, what are you doing? Are you leaving me? And, like, freaked out, started screaming at me. And I'm, like, literally with a trash bag, throwing away shampoo, nail polish. Like, I didn't have suitcases out and stuff, you know? and he pitched the biggest fake fit I have ever seen in my life in front of his parents just to make me look insane, and I was like, you need to calm down. You need to calm down, and, like, his kids were there, too, and I was like, please don't do this in front of your children. Like, he was like you are so mean to me and you're doing this on purpose to hurt me and I don't know what's going on with you. I've been so good to you. Meanwhile, I just listened to a conversation of him telling me or talking to his friend about what a piece of shit I am. Like how crazy I am. So I was trying to keep it real freaking cool. And then this is how I came home. I was like, Okay, it's official. You were cuckoo for cuckoo puffs, and I got to get out of here. So as soon as his parents left, the end of that weekend, I packed 3,200 square foot of furniture by my damn self and moved my son and I out of there. And I didn't have any money. I had nowhere to go. I put all of my belongings into my ex-husband's garage and I lived in my car. I lived with friends occasionally on their couches and then occasionally so I could spend time with my son. I slept on his toddler mattress in the floor at his dad's spare bedroom, his house in the spare bedroom with my two cats. And for, Two months, we had zero contact. I blocked him. He was driving by my son's dad's house at 3 o'clock in the morning. The week that I moved out, he had this other patient that he was cheating on me with at Matthew's house, introducing her as his new girlfriend Um, because Matthew's wife called and told me, of course, and... The kids were super confused. I didn't get to say bye to the kids. Um, ended up going to a therapist because I had such severe PTSD. I saw it, which confirmed I did. Um, I was so hyper vigilant. I could, if I heard the same car horn or text tone or a song from a band we loved, I would completely fall apart and have a panic attack. Like I couldn't function. And I would go to the grocery store and sit in the parking lot for an hour and a half trying to build up the courage to go inside and buy groceries. Like I I just, I was terrified to be in public. I didn't want to see him. And I went through therapy for a good seven months. I had to put my son in therapy because of the abuse he saw me go through and how it had affected me. Um, Every therapist that I saw was like, I mean, I showed them text. I, you know, shared these stories plus many others you're not even hearing, um, different situations that we had been in. And every my son's therapist and I were like, he is 100% a malignant narcissist and possibly a sociopath. And they were like, you need to stay away from him. He's dangerous. He's poorly infected your son. There's no telling what all is wrong with his kids now. Like, what he's doing is illegal. He could lose his license. And, you know, they're like, he might want to get a restraining order. So,
0: Were you finally able to stay away?
1: I was finally able to stay away, um, and I started. I really, I went back to my my ch- my uh, upbringing and childhood, and really started reconnecting my spirit and my faith, and rebuilding that, and leaning on God because at that point, like I couldn't even. I couldn't function. I mean, I was pitiful. I weighed 107 pounds soaking wet. My hair was falling out. I looked a fright. Um,
0: so how has your healing process been since that time?
1: It's been, you know, it's been uh, difficult, but it's been beautiful at the same time. I actually went on a very deep spiritual journey, um, got into shamanic work um, and really got into um, looking into ayahuasca. Uh, I've done four ayahuasca ceremonies to heal my trauma from this, um, which has been beautiful. And uh, I mean, it's been over two years now and, and And
0: um, So, uh, you know, within your healing process and understanding everything that's gone on, you've been through a lot from, you know, cheating to extreme, you know, as it went on, the the abuse became more apparent and everything like that. So, uh, you know, with your case in in your situation in your life and what you've dealt with, what's, I guess, the biggest words of wisdom uh, and advice you have for other people that are going through something that you're going through?
1: Um, first of all, I would say this: if you're listening to these podcasts, there's a problem. Um, I want my biggest thing and that I want to convey to people is if your gut tells you something's wrong, it's because there is, and you might not have the details correct, but we are given the gift from God to know when things aren't right in our body and our minds, and our soul, and our spirit, and you need to trust that. Um, you're not crazy. You're not alone. There's a ton of different ways you can find encouragement help, and that's really what I want to do. Um, a lot of people that I'd love to mention that have been helpful to me in regain my strength and understanding who these people are is um, Ross Rosenberg. I was very codependent. He's wonderful. Um, Dr. George Simon, he has a book out called Wolf and Sheep Clothing. That's a great book. Uh, there's also a Dr. Ramani, I believe is her name. She said it best. She described NPD people are the secondhand smoke of psychological disorders. And I'm like, that is perfect. I mean, and she said, if you stand anywhere near them, or get into their life, you're going to get sick. And they know what they're doing. They do it methodically. They do it by choice. They have zero empathy. You do not matter. People are objects to serve them. And when you get down to the black hole of who they really are and peel all the layers back, they are little children in adult suit with they're just completely insecure They have no idea how to self-soothe or self-regulate, and they will take and take and take and extort and smear your name and destroy your life if you let them. I mean, it it took six years for me to get out of this, but so validating, knowing once I figured out who he was and educated myself and hearing these stories that I'm not crazy I was never crazy. I have value. I have worth. And, you know, my spiritual journey and my healing, I know, is extreme to some, but it works and resonates with me. I have a Native American heritage, so I'm grateful for it. And it has connected me to my faith and my relationship with God. And I'm I'm to the point where I see my value through his eyes, not anyone else's. And, you know, everybody's different. But... I just, I want to be a support and a voice for people to let you know that this is very pervasive in our society. Observe people. Document, 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 document. I am grateful that I have all the documentation I do because I could end his career tomorrow if I wanted to. But I'm not that person. He's going to do it all on his own. Um, my heart breaks for his kids the most, and I'm already praying for every woman that's next after me, but um, you got to get out. You are strong. I mean, you can do it. Even if you don't have the money, there are people that can help. There's groups like this that I'm super grateful for. Um, just know you're not alone and that there's always beauty left in life. You just got to get out of the toxic And find yourself again. And don't let anybody tell you your value other than you and God because it's all lies. And love does not hurt. Love does not hurt like this. It's not love. It's abuse.
0: Well, Gal, uh, thank you for being here with me today and sharing your story. And, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I know you're going to help a a lot of people, and I want to thank you for uh, being here with me today. And, you know, you did a great job telling your story. So, um, Thank you so much. You are welcome. And uh, for everyone else who is listening, I hope you have a good night.